Good evening, everyone. Thanks for uh, bearing with our technical delay there for a second. The February 22nd uh, appeals hearing of the Arlington County Boarding, Board of Zoning Appeals is now in session. Good evening and welcome. I am Richard Kaplan, Chair of the Board of Zoning Appeals. The board is made up of five citizens appointed by the circuit court. In addition to myself, we have Vice Chair Inta Malice, Judy Freshman, who is joining us remotely, Portia Clark, and Lin Lindsay Arthurs. To avoid disruptions, we ask that you please place your mobile devices in silent mode. Before we begin tonight's hearing, I will discuss this board's powers and procedures for tonight's hearing. This board's powers are prescribed in the Code of Virginia and are set out in further detail in the county's zoning ordinance adopted by the county board. The Board of Zoning Appeals does not have the power to rezone property or to amend the regulations set forth in the ordinance. That authority rests solely with the county board. This board does have the authority to do three things. First, the BZA can approve use permits that allow modifications of placement requirements for structures on one and two family lots where there is no option in the zoning ordinance to allow such modifications. Second, the BZA can grant variances from specific requirements of the zoning ordinance. And third, the BZA has the power to hear and decide appeals of the zoning administrator or from any order, requirement, decision, or determination made by any other administrative officer in the administration or enforcement of Title 15.2, Article 7 of the Code of Virginia. In exercising its powers, the board may reverse or affirm wholly or in part, or may modify an order, requirement, decision, or determination appealed. The determination of the administrative officer or zoning administrator shall be presumed correct by the BZA. The appellant has the burden of proof to rebut the presumption of correctness by a preponderance of the evidence. The board shall consider any applicable ordinance, laws, and regulations in making its decision, and we must base our judgment on whether the administrative officer was correct. The concurring vote of a majority of the membership of the board shall be necessary to, re to reverse any order or determination. Now on to tonight's hybrid hearing. For those who are participating in the room, on the front table you will find a QR code linking to a copy of the appeal package, including the staff report for each appeal before us this evening. For those participating virtually, a copy of each application package can be found on the Arlington County BZA website. There is a link in the chat for the applications packages. If you are attending virtually and lose connectivity, please reconnect with us by phone. If you are attending via Teams, please keep yourself mute, muted and cameras off until called upon. Turn off the sound on any other devices around you to minimize interference. When called upon to speak, please turn on your camera and unmute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon that is located in the meeting command bar. County staff does not have the ability to unmute you. The meeting chat is active for technical support assistance only. The meeting chat should not be used for discussion, public comments, questions about agenda items, or requests for more information. All public comments must be shared verbally or have been previously provided in writing for the record during the assigned public testimony period. This evening, staff will call the appeals, the county will present their argument, the appellant will present their argument. Next, board members will ask any questions of parties they may have. Next, all speakers for the items will be called. Speakers must fill out a speaker slip online or is available on the table in the front of the room. After we hear from speakers for and against the proposal, the board may permit the applicant a brief opportunity to clarify any points. The board may ask questions of any speakers, but does not permit any cross-examination or direct questioning by others. After the board has gathered all the information we need and have discussed the case, 
we will decide the matter by voting on a motion duly made and seconded. Three votes are required to overrule the zoning administrator. Please be respectful of the time allotted. This is a public forum and tonight's meeting will be recorded and posted on the county's website. All information associated with tonight's meeting, whether spoken or written, is subject to the Freedom of Information Act requirements. Any appeal from the decision of this board must be made to the circuit court in accordance with state law. Tonight, I have a request from a board member to participate virtually. Virginia law requires an in-person quorum, and as such, I will note that we have an in-person quorum for the record. Ms. Freshman has requested to participate virtually for personal reasons from her residence. Ms. Freshman, can you please certify that you can hear me? Yes, the video is very complicated, but I can hear you. And I will certify for those of us in the room that we can hear you, although it was pretty um, soft. I don't know if we can turn that on, turn that up. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the first appeal for tonight? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the first appeal on our agenda tonight is case number V-11907-23-APP-1. This is an appeal request at 5630 8th Street North within the Bluemont Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board take the following action. The EHO permit ZEHO 023-00040 has been reversed by the zoning administrator. The matter is now moot and no further action is necessary by the BZA. Um, thank you, Mr. Bowen. Um, I guess for the record, do we have any supplemental material? We do have supplemental material that was submitted, including letters um, from neighbors, as well as a PowerPoint presentation submitted by the appellant's agent. And then we have a BZA comment form from Craig Deering. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Do my colleagues have any questions on this from staff? Um, hearing none, uh, Mr. Bowen, I also understand we have a speaker who has signed up to speak on this matter. I believe we do. Um, Brett, can you confirm that I believe we have one speaker for this case? Yes, one speaker for this case. Um, can you tell oh, me sorry. who that is? Mr. Uh, Blue. Is, so um, is Mr. Blue available in the room or online and still wish to be heard on this matter? Is there a Mr. Blue online? Mr. Goldberg. If not, we can move on. Okay. Um, I don't see us having to take any further action as this case is moot. Can you please call the next case? Yes, Mr. Kaplan. The next case on the agenda is case number V-11908-23-APP-1. dash 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 This is an appeal request at 3802 14th Street North within the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association. Staff recommends that the BZA should find that the appeal was not submitted within the time frame as set forth in Virginia Code Section 15.2-2311 and that the EHO permit is final and unappealable. I will note that we do have supplemental material for this case, including a letter from David Springberg, as well as a BZA comment form from Joshua Hamdlet. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to make a quick note that I would like to remind the parties that we are here tonight because the appellant has filed an appeal that the county has determined is not timely. As such, the sole issue currently before this board is that the is the issue of timeliness and not the underlying issue or issues being appealed. For this, this board has deemed um, the county and appellants 20 minutes each 
three minutes for representatives of organizations and two minutes uh, as individuals as sufficient. Um, Ms. Vaughn, I believe you are probably speaking for the county. Very little. Very little. Uh, I really don't have much more to offer than what's in the report. Our position is that the appeal was filed more than 30 days from the issuance of the permit, and it's not timely to be heard today. That's really all I have. Thank you, Ms. Vaughn. Sure. The appellant. Can you please introduce yourself for the record? Yes, uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the BZA, my name is Gifford Hampshire. I'm with the law firm of Blank and Chip and Keith, and I represent Mike Bruin, who is the appellant. I have some handouts here I'd like to hand up, which I'm going to be referring to if I might. Uh, please. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the BZA, Gifford Hampshire again. I'm here on behalf of Mr. Bruin, and we um, note in the staff report that there is an attachment, and I direct your attachment to attachment four of the staff report. Uh, it is referenced in the staff report, but it, it is not uh, discussed. Uh, and uh, what that attachment shows is uh, that uh, my client, Mr. Bruin, attempted to file this appeal uh, and we submit did in fact file the appeal timely on November 9, 2023. And I'd like to get Mr. Bruin just to come up here for a second and just uh, affirm for the record the correctness of, of this uh, attachment four to your staff report and maybe just to summarize it very briefly. I'm sorry, can you hang on one second? What, where is attachment four? It's in the, the timeline. Okay. Second, second from the last time, it's the timeline. Second I, from the last. I just got to it. Sorry, guys. It's Thank referred you. to as a timeline. Yes. So uh, on 1017, I'm, the, I'm sorry, I missed your name. Can you state your name? Michael Bruin. Thank you. On 1017, the, the subject application was approved. I found out about it uh, from a neighbor a couple, a few days later, because there was no notice given to anyone. I submitted a FOIA request online to the county on um, 1023, on 1030. I got a response from the FOIA request, got the materials that have been approved, other than the parking study. I never got uh, the parking study. And then on 11-9, I submitted my appeal through the online portal. Um, you've seen some technical difficulties here. I would say your online portal is very difficult to maneuver through, but I did submit it. I, it was assigned a number. Um, I checked the portal on 11-14 and it had been routed to a Mr. Gum in the zoning department, I understand. And then again on 11-21, I checked the portal again to see, you know, what the status, if anything, had been acted on. And that's when I, I discovered it looked like I had I'd submitted it as if it was a EHO application rather than the BZA appeal. So I, I noticed it was wrong. I emailed Mr. Bowen. Uh, the next day, I believe, telling him, you know, hey, wanted to be sure you knew I submitted this appeal. Uh, then I resubmitted it, resubmitted the appeal, you know, through the portal again. Um, during that time, I was communicating with Mr. Bowen, and and uh, he, he told me, well, we, we think you submitted it too late. 
uh, if you want to, if you want to just withdraw it, you can. Otherwise, you'll have to pay a fee. So I said, no, I want to. I think it's important that I move forward. So I paid the fee, uh, and I guess here we are today. Thank you. Thank, thank you, uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the commission, you will you you have heard that testimony about uh, the efforts that my client made to file the appeal and did in fact file the appeal. Noteworthy is that if you look at the first page of the attachment that I sent up to you, that as Mr. Bruin said, the appeal ended up with Mr. Gum. Uh, and as you see here on the first page of the attachment that I gave you, Mr. Gum is a zoning inspector in the enforcement zoning enforcement team. If you look at the second page of the attachment that I gave you, uh, section 17.2 of the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance says that the zoning ordinance, as you all know very well, is enforced by the zoning administrator. Therefore, Mr. Gum, working in the zoning enforcement division, was an agent of the zoning administrator and was off and, and, and received this appeal in a timely fashion. It may not have gone to the place that it was supposed to have gone, according to the county's complicated website, but it did get to the zoning department within 30 days. No one, as Mr. Bruin uh, testified, called him or redirected his appeal within that 30-day period to the actual zoning administrator, but it was within the breast of the zoning administrator's office within the 30-day period, and therefore was timely. The next piece of paper in, in uh, the package is, 50, is a copy of 15.2.2311, which is also in your staff report. I have highlighted the operative language, which says that the appeal shall be taken within 30 days after the decision appealed from by filing with the zoning administrator and with the board a notice of appeal specifying the grounds thereof. As I've said, that was done with respect to the zoning administrator within 30 days. If you uh, look at the, at the next uh, statute, the very next thing in your package is the very next section in the Code of Virginia. 15.2.2312, which talks about the jurisdiction of this board, what it needs to do. It needs to fix a time for a hearing within a reasonable, within a reasonable time uh, and make its decision within 90 days, it says. Notice the word shall. If you look at the next uh, piece of paper in your package, that's the case, the Virginia Supreme Court case of Tran versus the Boning, Board of Zoning Appeals of Fairfax County. And what that case held is that shall, in the context of that statute, which is the very next statute after the one we're talking about, 15.2.2311, which talks about what the board and zoning appeals has to do within 90 days, is not mandatory but directory. It's a provision that directs the BZA what to do. And therefore, in this case, in the Tran case, the BZA did not decide within 90 days, but nevertheless, the Supreme Court of Virginia said it did not lose jurisdiction to make a decision. Uh, interestingly, in the analysis that I have, um, what I have uh, uh, highlighted for you, uh, if you look uh, on page three, uh, the highlighting there in the right-hand column, it says that 15.2.2311 contains, quote, no prohibitory or limiting language concerning the action after the passage of the 90 days. If you go back to 15.2.2311, you will likewise see that there is no prohibiting or limiting language to what happens if an appeal is not received within 30 days. And that gets us to the case law. The case law that the county uh, relies upon in, in its staff report starts with Lilly versus the uh, county of Caroline. 
And you will see that in that case, there was a planning official who made a determination during a planning commission meeting, and the uh, landowners never appealed that determination, even though they had an opportunity to do so, never. It wasn't a question of whether they did it late. It wasn't a question of whether they tried to do it. They just didn't do it. And likewise, uh, the next uh, case, Dick Kelly Enterprises versus City of Norfolk, which is also cited in your staff report, was a case where the landowner received a letter from the zoning administrator saying, stop using this building as an apartment building. It's not allowed. He ignored that letter, and he did not appeal the determination uh, at all, uh, as is shown there uh, in uh, on page four, the highlighted language um, reciting the Gwynn versus Allward cases. The reason for this conclusion that that he cannot, the landowner cannot later attack it after uh, if he didn't appeal it, is that because the landowner never, never appealed it, and then likewise on page five, the highlighted language. The landowner had the opportunity as a matter of right to appeal to the BZA and then to the circuit court and, and in the process to raise every challenge it now makes to the city's interpretation of its ordinances. Instead, the landowner elected to ignore, to ignore the required procedure. That's not what we have here. We don't have a landowner, as Mr. Bruin testified, who's ignored the procedure. He did. His testimony was that he did everything he possibly could to abide by the procedure, including following up to refile it and then talking to, to officials. And under the directory language instead of the mandatory language, this board has, has the jurisdiction to accept that appeal, especially when our primary argument is, after all, that it was received within 30 days by the zoning administrator's office. And finally, the case of Gwynn versus Allward, that case is not cited in the staff report, but it's relied upon by the Dick Kelly case and also the uh, Lilly case. That's a case similarly where the landowner simply thumbed his nose at the county's communication. If you look on page two, uh, up at the top hand, the right hand column, Alward admitted that for several years prior to trial, he had stored trash trucks on the property. He also admitted to receiving a decision August 1984 from the zoning minister that trash hauling and the storage of trash hauling trucks were not permitted uses on the property. He admitted further he did not appeal this decision, period. So what we have here, uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the Board of Zoning Appeals, is a case where, in fact, the decision was made, excuse me, the appeal was made within 30 days, did land with the zoning administrator. That is all that's required under the state code. There's nothing in the state code that says that the failure to do so deprives this board of jurisdiction or, or deprives the appellant of the right to appeal. And in fact, the case law, uh, that interprets the very next section in the Code of Virginia is that the word shall is a directory, not mandatory. Uh, and this board should exercise its jurisdiction to accept the appeal, uh, especially since, in fact, it was received within the 30 days. Uh, that's my presentation. I'm, I'm standing ready to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think before we get to questions, let's hear from the speakers that have signed up, and then we'll call you back. Mr. Goldberg, do we have a list of speakers? Uh, Mr. Kaplan, I'm looking for a list of speakers right now. Um, I believe we had three when I checked earlier. And Mr. Kaplan, I believe this slide updated a little bit earlier, so we we're just double checking our records. Thank you.
Yeah, the speaker slips I see in my inbox are for the previous case. Um, so I don't believe I have a current list. Let me check my other inbox though, just one moment. I do not see any other speaker slips in my inbox. And, and we don't have any physical slips? Um, I do believe we had one slip from Dave Springberg, right? Yes. I'm sorry, I missed the name. Uh, we have one speaker slip in person from Mr. Springberg. Mr. Springberg, thank you, please. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, good evening. Um, my name is David Springberg. I am the owner of 3802 North 14th Street and I am the individual who submitted the EHO application. I just, I submitted a letter uh, previously. I just wanted to add a couple additional pieces of information. Um, we followed the county, current county zoning ordinance and the procedures that the county outlined, both for the plats and the submittal documents. And we recognized that an EHO approval is not a building permit is just approval to apply for permits for both site and building. And those include, you know, a lot of stuff. It's, it's uh, the building code, the fire code, the Fair Housing Act, um, site plans. Um, the issues that the appellant has raised or the concerns that he has are all addressed by that I, those items. And I know this is not a time to discuss those issues. I just wanted to make you aware that we use permit Arlington and Arlington for all permits, zoning, building, site plan. There's not a permit you can apply for without going through the permit Arlington system. And that's the process we followed. And I've filed hundreds of permits and any seasoned professional um, does the same and knows how to navigate that system. So that's all I have and I'm here to answer any questions. Thank you. Do my colleagues have any questions for the speaker? Thank you. Um, colleagues, questions for, I guess, st well, uh, staff or the appellant? Ms. Malice, please. Judy has her hand up. Oh, sorry, Ms. Freshman. I forgot about you there. Uh, I'm accustomed to that. We can um, barely hear you. Can you can you hear me? Barely. Well, I can't. I don't. Uh, I'm having a lot of trouble on uh, on the visuals as well. But I'd like to ask a clarifying question. For who? Well, I guess it would be for Ms. Vaughn or staff in general. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, we're all familiar on the BZA with the process for replacing a single family home with another. And the understanding being that a permit is applied for, and if it meets all of the zoning requirements, it is granted, and there isn't a public process. 
And only if there is a request that exceeds what's allowed, does there become, a, does it trigger the process coming to the BZA for use permit, essentially for exceptions. And that does mean then that there is notification and posting and public testimony as part of a hearing. And my question is whether or not it, it really goes to timing and notice, whether or not this is a similar process or how, it, how the EHO process differs, if it differs. We heard from the, um, the app, not the appellant, but the uh, EHO permit uh, person that he followed all the procedures um, and apparently was was granted the permit or was approved because there weren't exceptions. I don't under I need to know or I'm asking whether or not the process is similar in that if there were exceptions, would it just be denied? Would there be an option to come to the BZA for an exception? How does it work? And that particularly um, because if it's like a single family home that is not does not have exceptions, there would not be a process by which the public would know of it. And how do you calculate the 30 days if the if the decision is not public? Thank you. So I think the short answer is um, expanded housing options permits are by right development, meaning there are um, the rules are are set, and if a project is compliant with them, we issue the permit. We do not, um, and we're not required to provide public notice for all, for every by right approval that we give. Um, public notice is generally when a board. Um, either the county board or this board has to take action for something that doesn't meet the stated zoning ordinance requirements. So um, we, are, we are not in the practice of sending notices for the thousands and thousands of by right permits that we issue um, because the rules are being met, right? The, the standards are being followed and that's what everyone expects for people to do. Um, and so we've kind of put on notice what the requirements are when we publish the ordinance itself. And if projects are compliant with the ordinance, additional like notice on a project by project basis isn't required. Oh, okay. I understand and I, uh, and I appreciate that certainly we wouldn't require notice for every routine application. I just I'm just curious because this this type of permit has a time a timeline attached to it that I don't think I'm aware would be the case if they were if he were to demolish the existing structure and build another one on the same site another single family so it's, it's I don't just I find it confusing that there is a time that it's time sensitive if someone has an objection but there is but it requires rumor or some other casual uh, exchange of information to know that it's even happened. 
There is no time stamp on this that's different than any other administratively issued permit. There's, there's nothing different about an EHO permit than a sign permit or a fence permit or anything else we issue administratively. But then why is there a 30-day limit on the appeal? That's for any decision of the zoning administrator, anything. A notice of violation, a permit, anything, it's the same 30-day time clock. Okay, that's very helpful because I, but because the implication was that it might be unique to this particular kind of permit. No, yeah. But it's, it still does, because there's a timeline on it, um, that makes it, that might make it different from other permits where people don't, may not even know that they have the option to appeal. Okay, thank you very much. Sure. Thank you, Ms. Freshman. Ms. Mellis. I have just a few questions for the zoning administrator. Um, do you have any quarrel with the timeline that the appellant has put forth? Uh, I guess the dates I don't disagree with. The characterization of certain things as an appeal I would disagree with. Could you? So on 11-9, it says I submitted my appeal through the online portal, and that is not even in a an application number that would be associated with an appeal. We what have would, no we have no appeal that was filed on that date. What would that application number be associated with? That looks with? actually like an EHO application itself. The ZEHO kind of prefix is the same as the ZEHO application that's being appealed. Okay. In in your um, view, what constitutes filing with the zoning administrator? completing an application on the online portal, just like the one was for this appeal. Okay. And my last question, um, you know, we, the, the online portal is confusing to applicants sometimes, and we're familiar with when an applicant, for instance, files an appeal, but meant to file a variance. Right seems like staff pretty quickly notices that yes and lets the applicant know yes. that they've made a mistake why didn't that happen in this case because they filed something completely different this doesn't even come through the bza webpage. like a zeho application is an eho application this looks like someone who's trying to initiate an expanded housing development project. Okay. Um, you may not know this, and I can ask the applicant. So the applicant says on 11-21, they noticed that their application was incorrectly routed. How would they have noticed that? You would have to ask okay. them. Yeah. All right. Um, the, the other thing, and this may be more for discussion, is it seems to me that we actually have two appeal applications. In other words, the, you're denying the second one that was filed on. There was only one appeal that we right. received. From, from, I'm saying from the okay. applicant's standpoint. Yes. But, but there were applicant made two actions. The second one is the one that you denied because the second one was obviously after the 30 days. But there was an action prior to that 
that he thought he was making an appeal, but you recognize that it was something else. But there's two different transactions here, uh, and you're, you're denying the second one based on the date. Yes. Okay. That, that's, that does it for me. Thank you, Ms. Mouse. I just have one quick question. Um, I am looking at the, the um, permit, the expanded housing permit that is the third to last page in the packet. Um, is, is there anything else that accompanies that? I'm looking for like the standard language that we would see on other decisions um, regarding the ability to even appeal to the BZA. And I didn't see any language to, the, to appeals language to that effect on the, the actual issuance of the permit. Well, wouldn't they not want to appeal their own permit that they just applied for? But it's for anyone who sees the permit. Anyone who anyone who sees the permit could appeal the issuance of the permit, which is exactly why we're here today. Are you referring to an exhibit? Um, it's, it's in the staff report. It's in the, the staff third, report. Third page. The third from the last page in the staff report package. Right, like, you know, the zoning determination letter we got in the last appeal had language about appealing to the BCA within yeah, I'm trying to 30 day time to frame. what you're looking at. In the staff report, it's the third from the last page. It's the expanded housing option permit. So I believe there is a cover page where it actually has like the stamp and the date and my signature, um, which it doesn't look like we have included here. But you're saying that you're concerned that this doesn't have the standard language about yes. the options. Here. I am concerned, yes. Yeah, I, I can't remember what we sent with the last appeal versus this one, but I know there's, yeah. I can uh, okay. try to help uh, help out the zoning administrator. Um, the permit doesn't have the uh, language you saw in the determination because they're two different things. The permit um, is filed by the landowner and the notice required is only by statute is to the landowner. The determination is a different, um, it's, it's different in form. So permits are not required to have any appell appeal language because that language is for the property owner. Um, and that that is um, by statute. Um, so the determinations that are issued by the zoning administrator do have that 30-day appeal uh, language and is required by statute. Mr. Chairman? Ms. Mellis. May I ask a follow-up? Uh, please, I wasn't, yeah, please, go ahead. So, where, at what point is the determination made on an EHO? So the terminology is confusing. The permit is different from a determination. Right. When, when the zoning administrator writes a determination letter, Understood. that is different from the issuance of a permit. Right. So how did... How does someone, at what, what started the clock on the 30 days? The issuance of the permit. But then the permit doesn't say anything about the appeal. The 30-day the, the notice is for the landowner. 
the landowner, the property owner, is the applicant for the permit. That's maybe different from a determination letter. It's the 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 permit itself is the vested right which goes into the property owner who requested the permit. The statute nowhere in the statute does it require 30-day notice to a permit holder because the requester knows they requested the permit and they are told when it's issued, so they have notice. It's automatic. Can I? May I jump? Oh. May I just jump in real quick? Go ahead. So um, I, um, I'm going to quote the statute, uh, Section 15.2.2311, Appeals to Board, which for everyone here following along is on page 3. And I'm going to start right after the, the blue code section right on the fifth line. Notwithstanding any charter provision to the contrary, any written notice of a zoning violation or a written order of the zoning administrator dated on or after July 1, 1993, shall include a statement informing the recipient that he may have a right to appeal the notice of the zoning violation or a written order within 30 days in accordance with this section and that decision shall be final and unappealable if not appealed within 30 days. The zoning violation or written order shall include the applicable appeal fee and a reference to where additional information may be obtained regarding the filing of an appeal. The appeal period shall not commence until the statement is given. <coughs> and then following up with the case that the county cited, um, Lily v. Car Caroline County, um, in I believe footnote, uh, not footnote, but actual section six and seven, actually made the point that that case was appealable um, the, B, the case was appealable to the BZA because during a public hearing when the zoning administrator made a determination about a, I believe, a television tower or a radio tower, um, the zoning administrator actually made uh, the statement that that was appealable to the BZA. And the court referenced that in that in that decision. So I guess I'm, I'm having trouble with that assertion that it only applies to the landowner because um, the, the even the case cited by the county is very analogous to this case. Can I jump in for a second? Please. A zoning determination letter is not directed towards the landowner, correct? It's directed towards somebody who is inquiring about the zoning of some other piece of but property. Not necessarily. And and this isn't this the statute's much more broad than a zoning determination letter. It's any de any determination by a zoning officer. So this this would be a But a to permit me, is not a zoning determination, it's well, the it's a, of a permit. Which is a determination. It's a determination that it is the issue. The of determination a permit. is you guys said the determination is made before the permit is issued, correct? Like you make the determination on the case on the permit and then you, or on the application and then you issue the permit. Mm -hmm. There was no determination. I think I can address the chair's uh, question in the statutory language that you read, you'll notice that the information has to inform the recipient. That's the permit requester and now the permit holder. Do you see? So the rights are to the property owner in the case of a permit. The, it's, it's, it's understandably a little confusing because the, the statutes never use the word permit. Um, so it's it's hard, but the case law has um, offered proper uh, a little bit better language to to understand what is happening um, and when the notice and the rights will vest. And those are in the um, there's a couple cases that are um, standard um, cited often: Board of Supervisors of Stafford County versus Crucible Inc. 
Um, that's a Virginia Supreme Court case from 2009, as well as uh, another Virginia Supreme Court case, James versus City of uh, Falls Church from 2010. And this, those discuss the difference between an, uh, it, what, what, act, what matters is the, um, the determination of rights by the zoning administrator. And often, you know, the localities call determination letters, sometimes they call them verification letters, they're called different things, but so the, what we need to do, according to the Supreme Court, is look at the what the administrator is doing, the zoning administrator, what rights are being conferred. Can I, can I I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. So I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna point you to, to your case, Lily v. Caroline County, um, and I, I don't, um, I know that the appellant gave it, but I have my own copy, but um, there's a number six and it says, the trial court in sustaining the special plea found that the decision was made on the date of the Board of Supervisors meeting at which it was announced that the decision was communicated to objecting landowners, right, the neighboring property like we have here, who had actual notice of the decision and that they did not comply with the code. These findings are based upon credible evidence. Number seven, here the decision was made when the administrator announced the ruling at the public meeting, making clear the basis for the decision. In this case, it was a decision about a by right radio tower, right, so a, a similar decision, um, that the ruling could be appealed to the Board of Zoning Appeals. That argument decision was made earlier and is not supported on the record. The landowner's decision was made with the knowledge and without notice of them I'm sorry, I just got totally lost here. Sorry, give me one second. Here the decision, the decision was made when the administrator announced the ruling at the public meeting, making clear the basis for the decision and stated that the ruling could be appealed to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Right, so so there it was a public statement that it could be appealed to the Board of Zoning Appeals, and on this permit we don't have that public statement. And if we go back to the code section, the code actually states that the tolling of the 30-day window doesn't start until actual notice. And just like in this case, uh, it, we have a third party who was not a party to the permit. In Lily, the third party was a neighbor who was objecting to the radio tower. Lily involved the a oral decision of the zoning administrator. It did not involve the issuance of a permit. There were there were different things happening underneath. So that's why you need to focus on the right convert, conferred. So you're 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 saying that there's a difference between a EHO permit and a decision of the zoning administrator or the in, in that case it was the granting of a by right it was it was a by right project. Correct. It's and the difference is in the type of notice that's required. Uh, because of the type of decision of the zoning administrator and the type of right being conferred by the zoning administrator. In a permit, the right is conferred right away to the owner of, of the property. That's different from a determination letter. Well, I mean, they made a determination that it was a by right project, so which seems to me to be pretty equivalent to the granting of a permit. And I think we're, you know, this is just language semantics. Right. That makes a difference for sure, the language. So, uh, and what, what the underlying dis 
um, statement of the administrator, serving administrator was. In Lilly, it was an oral decision. It was a statement made orally. Right. Much different than a permit. I mean, I, I guess we can. Yeah. I mean, I will, and I'm sure we'll hear and, from but, the appellant, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah, sure. and the cases I'm, not sure I'm tracking that. Yeah, the, yeah, and the cases I've cited describe the. You know, I'm happy to. You know, that, that wasn't you pull, know. pull copies. We didn't know it would be an issue raised or a question raised, but. Um, you know, it's pretty standard. You look in the Albemarle County Handbook that everybody looks in the land use book. There's, those cases are cited there for that proposition. Mr. Chairman? Ms. While I mull that all over. <laughs> and and I, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't touch, I didn't, you know, I was, uh, so I was focused more on, um, you know, that issue and, and not the, um, the timing issue of the two appeals, so. So. Was, is there an option to appeal an EHO permit? Sure. Okay. We've had how, several. Does the, how does the public know when that clock starts? So as I said, it's a by right project. There is no general notice to the public when we approve all by right development. Yeah. For EHOs, for the time being, we actually have a public published tracker right. um, that anybody can see, but that's that's not something that we are going to necessarily be able to maintain forever, and that's not something that we do for literally anything else that we allow by right. But for these in particular, someone can every week see when they're issued, their location, so on and so forth. So it could be appealed, and the date of the EHO permit started the clock. Yes. Okay. But you have to go someplace else to to find out when the permit was issued. Right. Okay. Um, any further questions for the zoning staff? Um, questions for the appellant? Mm. I guess I would ask a general question if um, they followed my questions and have any comments on the direction of my questions. Um, if the board please, I'd like to give my client an opportunity to, to, to give his perspective on the, the discussion we just had. Would that be all right? He, he wants to talk about the, the notice that, that he provided or he had to provide in building his garage, which I think is instructive. Um, well, uh, sir, can, you, can you answer Ms. Ms. Yes. point first? Sure. Before I do that, yeah. The, I, th I think I think the uh, discussion was clarified in, in the end that that by uh, the zoning administrator uh, acknowledging that the permit that you all were talking is an appealable decision. There's, no, appealable. there's no issue about that. So this discussion about there's some kind of a difference between a determination and a permit. That's I think that was clarified. There is no difference under under 15.2 a permit is a type of decision. It's a type of order. It's a type, and and uh, there are any number. There there are a number of different kinds of decisions that a zoning administrator makes under this code section that are appealable. Uh, um, it is true that under the code section, um, it, it is questionable whether notice needs to be given to anybody else besides the owner, and that's unfortunate on the code section. However, it 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 buttresses the point that I made in my presentation that the language shall appeal within 30 days consistent with the Tran case is directory 
and not mandatory, consistent with the that that decision, because as opposed to the cases that we that have been discussed, the Lilly case, the um, the Dick Kelly case, the Gwynn case, uh, we have a case here where the appellant is doing everything in his power to appeal it and did appeal it. And it did land within the breast of the zoning administrator within 30 days. Now, this discussion about somehow it was had a different number, it was the exact same application. It was complaining about the exact same thing. The fact that the e, this EHO permit should not have been had, had should not have been issued. It wasn't a different animal. It had a different number attached to it. It was in the county system. It had a, it had a bad number. There are all kinds of examples where that happens in life, where something gets a bad number, gets misfiled. But it wasn't through any intention of the landowner to file it as an EHO application. That makes no sense because he's complaining about somebody else's EHO application. So under the law that this is not mandatory but directory, the, uh, the board should exercise its discretion to accept this appeal within the 30 days, especially when it was in fact filed within the 30 days. One thing I failed to mention in my uh, presentation is, is, uh, is a, uh, a document that, that looks like this, and it's from the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance, section 18.2, and, and it appears directly after, after the Tran case, I believe, in my materials. And it's the word usage in the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance that says, that takes the pain to say, in light of the Supreme Court case, that the word shall is mandatory and not directory. Arlington County, the county board had to take the trouble to, to define that term that way under its usage, precisely because, if, because the law is that shall is not mandatory under the Supreme Court case. Mr. Chen, and you may have often Chris heard. Mills. You're getting a little away from my question. Sorry. So, <laughs> let let me just go back to, and maybe somebody else will have. Um, do you uh, do you see that there were actually two appeals? There were two. Yes, I think there were two appeals. There, there was, there, there were two. It was the same paperwork, right? But there was there was a first appeal that was made within 30 days, misdirected, uh, it got a bad number, but still ended up with the zoning administrator, and then there was an attempt to correct that. Right. I think that testimony is undisputed by submitting a second appeal. Right. Right. Nobody and in the county alerted Mr. Bruin that there was a problem. He found it out by himself. So to me, it looks like you know that clearly the second one was rejected. Right. The first one still exists. There was no first appeal. There were two actions that took place on November 9th. There was an application for a zoning expanded housing options permit, which is listed in the timeline as ZHO 23, I think 000-50-something. Okay, so that's an application to do an EHO development, not an appeal. There was nothing in that online application that referenced it being an appeal, and that's what was submitted by the appellant's own admission by referencing that number. No, the no. reference to Ricky Gum is for a zoning complaint that was also made on November 9th, which was routed to the enforcement staff, which Ricky Gum is an inspector. Do we have all, so, that, do we have all that paperwork? No. We don't have a copy of the applications? No. Aren't they relevant? 
I mean, the relevant application we received is the appeal, which was using the online portal correctly, which was filed after 30 days of, of issuance of the original EHO permit. If I may. So it's a completely different application. It's a completely different process. We ask for different information. They are not the same. So to say that somehow they were misfiled, this is an online permitting system. It's not a piece of paper that just got put on someone's desk incorrectly. Ms. Vaughn, do you believe that the applicant was requesting an EHO permit? He started filling out an EHO permit application. But it stopped be because there's a point at which you're supposed to submit drawings, and it never got past that point. But there's no reference to an appeal in that, in what was referenced. So do you I don't know what he was trying to do, but I know we never received an appeal on November 9th. Ms. Clark? Do we have um, any information that shows that Mr. Gum received an application for EHO? Mr. Gum received a zoning complaint because Mr. Gum is a zoning enforcement officer. But it and that has a, a prefix of Z, I think CO. It has a different prefix. So the, the first four to five letters kind of explain what type of case it is. Um, and I think that one has whatever we call zoning complaint cases, but they're How did it get the ZAPP is in a zoning appeal, right? So the first two applications that were made had completely different prefixes. One was ZEHO and one was for a zoning complaint. Also not an appeal. But was the zoning complaint processed by Mr. Gum and responded to? He initiated a complaint to Mr. Gum, yes. I'm assuming once he actually talked to Mr. Gum, he learned that that's not where you file an appeal. Like I don't, you know, I don't review appeals. We respond to zoning complaints. Did your client hear back from Mr. Gum? Uh, he did not, but the point I, uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to make is we can talk about numbers and 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 uh, labels and all you want, but substantively, my client testified earlier it was the exact same application. He can clarify that right now. It was a letter addressed to the Board of Zoning Appeals, and it's in your package. It was the same exact paperwork complaining about the, the project next door. The fact that it got a different label on it doesn't change the substance of the matter, that the appeal was made with the intention of complaining about the permit that was issued on October 17. <coughs> and the substance of the permit. And I don't think that we should allow numbers in a computer system to obscure the fact that it was exactly the same complaint that was misdirected, and but which, which was received by Mr. Gum in the zoning department. And Mr. my client can clarify that if, if you like. Mr. Hampshire, what document were you just referring to? I'm referring to the letter that's in your package. It's called uh, Board of Zoning Appeals. It's, well, it's, well, it's it, oh, I, well, this was this letter part of your application. I'm going to let my client come up and and, and uh, testify about that. Yes, this letter was what I, I submitted the identical uh, I attached in the portal. You can attach documents, and okay. both times that I submitted it, I attached the exact same documents that has this letter. Mr. Miles, the, what page are you referring to? Yeah, what letter? Um, it's going to be one, two, three, four, 
five, on the back of five, there's a letter to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Dear board members. Dear board members. Thank you. And this this was attached to the applic both applications. Yes. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to tell one one thing about this notice uh, because about four years ago I rebuilt my garage, detached garage in the same place. It, it it you know complied with all setbacks, and the county didn't have to notify the adjacent properties, but I did. I had to submit when I made my application for the garage. I had to submit the letters I'd submitted to all, all the abutting properties that I told them what I was doing, what I was submitting, and I didn't receive anything like that for this. Okay. So it, it seems, I mean, it seems like a flaw in the, in the process to me. This is, this is helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, may I ask a question? Yes, please, are, Ms. Are, are you familiar with the letter that the applicant is referring to? It's the fifth, it's at the, in the staff report, the fifth. Back of the fifth page. It's one of the exhibits. Um, it's before exhibit this one. This is your staff report. <laughs> it is. Um, it's right after the application for appeal. It's on the back of that. Okay. So th their testimony is that this was included in both times they submitted an application. I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to respond. What we have in the system is, is what looks like an application that was started. And the status says awaiting plans and documents, again, for a EHO application, not an appeal. But would, would it had had this attached? I don't know. I can't say what it had on November 9th. Okay. Any further questions? Discussion with the board? Mr. Chairman, may I make one Please. Uh, comment to, to conclude? Um, the reason for the 30-day rule is also for to protect the rights of the property owner who has a right to have a final decision at a certain time. And I think our uh, property owner discussed that in his testimony tonight, that these are important. <coughs> There's many, many things that this property owner has to do in reliance on the finality of a permit. And that is clear in case law after case after case of the Virginia Supreme Court and circuit courts locally. There is a right of the property owner to a final decision. Our, we can't, the, the, the county cannot function if we're supposed to find every improperly filed, submitted, you know, application in any department and find the right place that, for it to go that the county member, you know, the county citizen wanted it to go. I wish we could do that, but that's impossible. Um, so we have the, the state statutes that we rely on and um, ordinances and the case law. And that says the 30 days is the 30 days and the, vet, the property owner has a right to rely on that. Thank you. No, I think no I, I'm sorry. 
you haven't signed up to speak. Mm -hmm. Thank you. He did. Thank you. He, he did sign up. He was a speaker. Oh, he was. Sorry. He's the. We, no, he's has the. He had his time. May I say something real quick? Mm -mm. No, that, I'm sorry. You, you've had your time. Okay. And I we're was gonna, just going to clarify how the permitting system works and that it says awaiting plans and documents thank you. until you sit, submit. It's not an act. Thank permit. you. Judy has her hand up. Ms. Freshman. Thank you. Okay. Have, following up on my previous comments and having heard the discussion, I think given how many years we uh, considered various aspects of the missing middle that ended up with the EHO, I think we could reasonably have determined that this was going to cause more controversy than your average single family building permit. And I think at the very least, um, we might have encouraged applicants to take on the burden of notifying if the county can or won't do that. So I think that's really definitely a flaw in the system that this case has revealed. And um, even though I realize that the cases may very well end up in our lap. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Freshman. Anyone want to start? Ms. Ellis, you're looking at me. <laughs> I, I was waiting to see if anybody yeah. else was going to speak. I will. Ms. Arthurs, please. Um, I apparently still have a login for the permitting system from 2020. So I just went in and I'm not going to lie, it, it's pretty easy to select that you would like to do some kind of appeal. Um, I don't think I'm above average intelligence from the general public, so I, it seems pretty obvious to me. Um, you know, there's always the option if you're unsure of where your application is or if you want to make sure that it's been received, you can always pick up the phone and call the zoning office or email somebody and say, hey, just want to make sure that my application was received. Um, and I, I also, I just can't get, I, I feel for the, the EHO permit recipient because I imagine at this point and even by then they're probably well into the process of getting everything set. And I know that it's a, a bear to get the permit to begin with. And the 30 day statute is of limitations for your appeal is there for a reason so that they can start planning. Um, I feel like the appellant could have followed up and done some more work to make sure that their application was received properly, even if they felt like it was, you know, to double check for something that's that important, I think would have been smart. Thank you, Ms. Authors. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. Well, um, I, I, looking at the timeline that was presented by Mr. Bruin, uh, it looks like five days after he put his appeal through, or thought he did, he did check the online portal, saw that it had been routed to Mr. Gum. Now, he, I don't know who Mr. Gum I didn't know who he was, and probably, he, you know, he didn't know where Mr. Gum was. But I, I do feel like he he did follow up, because then he followed up again a week later, and that's when 
somehow he noticed that his application was incorrectly routed. Um, so I, I don't, can't say that he, he wasn't trying. Uh, There's also 10 days in between when he received a FOIA request and when he decided to actually submit his appeal. So he'd known about this and had the information that he needed for 10 days before he decided to log into the, to actually submit the appeal. Cutting it close. What was his deadline? Uh, it would have been November 17th, right? Or 16th? Because the permit was issued 10-17. So he didn't log in to create a permit or an appeal until 11-9. But I, I can't really, I can't fault him for not jumping on it right away. I mean, well, he, if you have 30 days and it's that important to you, I don't see why, I mean, we're all here because it didn't get done in time. So I kind of do. So I guess it's up to us to decide whether what the applicant did was sufficient, uh, sufficient to constitute an appeal. Which is not defined in the, the ordinance, you know, the ordinance or state code. Right. I, I have a bias towards the, you know, the applicant and someone who's trying to figure out how the system works. Um, I understand that, you know, staff, I, I, I appreciate what uh, Ms. Golsky said that, you know, they can't run around making sure that everybody's doing everything right. But, um, you know, an, a, this is an appeal to the BZA. So I feel like, you know, we as the BZA need to um, need to determine in our own mind, you know, whether whether this was sufficient. Um, certainly if it had come to us directly, you know, we, we would, um, you know, we would have had a more clear situation. You know, we rely on the county to, you know, process these appeals. And so we have, we rely on the county system. Had, had we known that, you know, the applicant had checked the wrong box or used the wrong paperwork, we could have told them, but, you know, we didn't know either. So I am a little sympathetic towards the applicant um, in terms of, you know, they were trying to reach us and and didn't. I mean, I don't know. I'll add that you know, you know, we're talking a matter of a uh, three-day difference. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that three days in our reliance on, um, you know, an EHO permit is, is, um, you know, as as county has had told us, is, um, you know, an extreme reliance. Um, I'm also, you know, I, again, I don't want to harp on, you know, my point that I was making before, but but 15.2.23.11 is language is very broad um, when it when it speaks to um, it, the appeals, right? It, it does reference decision decision or determination made by any administrative officer. Um, so not just zoning determination letters, but any decision. And I think that this EHO permit would clearly be a decision and that the language in 15.2.23.11 is pretty clear that without that notice, the 30-day toll doesn't even start. And, and all of that is straight from the, 
again, 50, uh, Code of Virginia 15 to 32 11. So uh, if anyone else has any thoughts to weigh in on or someone would like to make a motion. I can make a motion. I gotta get back to it real quick. All right. I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals find that the appeal application in case V-11908-23-APP-1 dash 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 was submitted after the time frame set forth in Virginia Code Section 15.2-2311 and that consequently the EHO permit ZEHO-2300010 is final and unappealable. Second. A motion um, made by Ms. Arthur, seconded by Ms. Freshman for finding of an untimely appeal as stated. Is there any further discussion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice? No. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. Chair votes no. Motion to find an untimely appeal passes three to two. This concludes this matter. Oh, we have minutes. We do have minutes. Would you like to move them? Would you like to move the minutes? Yeah. But they're all just move the minutes. That are oh, they're on there. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, I move that the we that we approve the minutes from December twenty December thirteenth, two thousand twenty-three, January twenty-fourth, two thousand twenty-four, and January thirty-first, two thousand twenty-four. Thank you, Ms. Arthurs. Is there a second? A second. A motion to move the three minutes made by Ms. Arthurs and seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I'll call the roll. Ms. Malice? Aye. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. Fair votes aye. Motion passes five to zero.